From CITI Program, I'm Darren Gaddis, and this is On Campus. Today, what is the annual security report, why numbers matter, and what individuals should know and be aware of regarding Cleary and the annual security report? I spoke with Abby Ogden, the director of Cleary Compliance at University of California, Berkeley. As a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not intended to provide legal advice or guidance. You should consult with your organization's attorney if you have questions or concerns about relevant laws and regulations in this podcast. Additionally, the views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the presenter. Hi, Abby. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Darren. Thank you very much for having me. Abby, I am so excited that you're going to be talking to us today about the Annual Security Report and the Clery Act. What is the Annual Security Report? The Annual Security Report is a document that most institutions of higher education in the U.S. are required to publish by October 1st each year under the Clery Act. So because on my campus, we have on-campus student housing, we publish an Annual Security and Fire Safety Report, which we call an ASFSR for short. And it contains crime and fire statistics for the previous three calendar years. It also has current safety and security policies in it and contains a lot of contact information for various campus and community resources related to crime prevention and survivor assistance. So it's a really comprehensive document. This year, ours was 102 pages, double column. Wow, 102 pages. That is definitely a lot of information in one document. When really thinking about institutional safety and crime prevention on a college campus, why is the annual security report important when discussing Cleary Act? So for a lot of the reasons that we just talked about, right, it's a very comprehensive document. The ASFSR contains more than 100 policy statements that we make as a university to, to talk about our safety and security policies. So the way I like to look at it is that we make a commitment to our community to, to ensure that we uh, focus on safety, security, and transparency throughout the process. It also brings together and centralizes a lot of really useful information for folks. So information like crime reporting procedures, resources for people affected by crime, emergency management information for the campus, and then different types of prevention programs students can participate in. It's really kind of the nexus of of the public facing part of the Cleary Act for, for campuses. A hundred policy statements? That sounds like a lot. Yes, it's actually higher than that. I was just picking the whole whole number that is easy to remember. Why do numbers matter when it comes to Cleary Act? So I think the big thing for me is this is aggregate data, right? This year, my team reviewed over 41,000 records from campus police, from Title IX, from student conduct, from different campus security authorities across the campus. We sent out about 200 letters requesting crime statistics from law enforcement agencies across the, across the globe. So what we do is we distill a really big amount of information down into these charts for, for the campus community to have access to. Um, so it's, it's really like a full picture of, of what the crime looks like that um, is included in the report. And then it just gives us a good look o- over time, right? We can, we can track how crime 
is is trending over three years. And then the the Clery Act also requires us to produce what we call a daily crime log, which is the last 60 days of crimes reported to campus security or law enforcement. So when we put these two tools together, when we look at the crime statistics over time in the annual security report, and then we look at the daily crime log to see what the last 60 days look like, it really gives us a good idea of what crime on and around campus looks like, and it can help us identify the crime trends that are affecting our community. It sounds like you collect a lot of data and have a lot of data on different crimes that occur on campus. When individuals look at the data in the annual security report, what do they need to know? So there are a few things to keep in mind when we're looking at these numbers. Um, The first is that idea of Cleary geography that I was talking about is really complex, right? So we can actually see slight shifts in geography that make the numbers appear really different on the surface. But if you take those geographical totals and, and you total them out um, and, and you look at them specifically in a context of like uh, the number of crimes total compared to say the five-year average, there isn't statistically significant shifts in the crime, but because the geography shifted ever so slightly, um, it, it, it can make it look dramatic. So you, you have to look out for that Cleary geography component. And then that idea of the non-campus category is just, it's, it's a really large and transient category. It includes a lot of information. So you're looking at recognized student organizations like fraternities and sororities. If your university has extension offices, they're likely going to be included in that category. You'd actually have student housing in that category if it's further than a mile away from your university. And then also that non-campus category is going to include university-sponsored travel locations. So in theory, if you have a university in Hawaii, you could have a statistic from a hotel in Orlando included in that non-campus category for that university. The other thing is that the crime counts themselves. When we look at them, um, not every statistic indicates a completed crime because under the Cleary Act, attempts count, right? Um, One report can contain multiple reported crime statistics And then also some crimes can be reported in in several categories. So, um, you know, it's it's not uncommon to have 10 or more accounts in one incident report, particularly when you're looking at things like Violence Against Women Act crimes. So it's not uncommon for domestic violence incidents to also be counted as aggravated assault incidents. So you just want to keep that in mind when when you're looking at those statistics. And then all of that is to say, that these crime counts are really nuanced, right? When we're looking at aggravated assault, there's not necessarily great bodily injury involved in that particular incident, but a weapon could have been present. Um, Aggravated assaults also include um, incidents involving date rape drugs. When we think about burglary statistics, it's not necessarily that classic break-in right? An unlocked room or building can be burglarized. Um, Bike cages, depending on what the structure looks like, can actually be burglarized as well. So the theft of a bike could, in theory, be presented in in a Cleary report, which it typically wouldn't. When we're looking at motor vehicle thefts, those are, by definition, property crimes, right? So a carjacking under Cleary would be classified as a robbery, not a motor vehicle theft. 
And then Cleary also has a rather broad definition of what is a motor vehicle. So when you're looking at those categories in your report, it could include golf carts, electric bikes, electric scooters, skateboards, segways, all of those things are classified as motor vehicles under Cleary. So to use my university as an example, 47% of our motor vehicle theft stats this year didn't involve a car. Collect, like correctly classifying and counting Cleary is it's it's highly technical, and and you just have to keep that in mind when you're looking at the information and make sure that you understand what the numbers are saying and what they're not saying. Geography sounds really complex and important when talking about Cleary Act. Should the larger campus community be concerned when they see crimes reported in the annual security report? I, I think the information is really helpful for the larger campus community and the surrounding area, particularly when you have that context that I was just talking about for the information, and then when you pair it with the other tools available, like the daily crime log. And then I would also say, <laughs> you know, it, this can also indicate a really um, healthy institutional trust for your organization, for your university, for your college, because more education typically ends in more reports and more institutional trust typically ends in more reports. Um, it sounds a little counterintuitive sometimes, but when we're thinking about things like Violence Against Women Act crimes, national surveys and local surveys tell us that you know, one in four or one in five members of our undergraduate communities are being affected by gender-based violence or sexual violence. But when we look at the annual security and fire safety reports for universities and colleges, they typically only reflect a small fraction of the incidents that are affecting their community. So as those numbers go up, it typically means that you're building good reporting structures, you're building good systems for review, and you're building good institutional trust with folks. So they know where to go with the reports and how to get assistance if they are um, affected by crime. What else do we need to know? Numbers are only part of the picture for Cleary. I do think that the numbers tell a story about what crime looks like on your campus, but the goal of Cleary is more comprehensive. The idea behind the legislation is to be transparent with the campus community about the crime statistics, but it's also to help the university plan ahead and problem solve before a crisis arises. This structure for Cleary is supposed to help foster cooperation across departments to break down the information silos that crop up in higher ed and to communicate with our community in a transparent and proactive way. So I think I like to focus on the spirit of the law, and that means to strive to make safety and security information more accessible through the annual security and fire safety report. Abby, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Darren. I really do appreciate it. Be sure to follow, like, and subscribe to On Campus with the CITI program to stay in the know. I also invite you to review our content offerings regularly as we are continually adding new courses and webinars that may be of interest to you. All of our content is available to you anytime through organizational and individual subscriptions. You may also be interested in CITI Program's Conflict Management course. Please visit the CITI Program's website to learn more about all of our offerings.